to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your hosts, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, welcome back. I didn't go anywhere, you left. <laughs> That's right. I Well, I was referring to myself in the third person. <laughs> so The ego yeah, on this guy. The, the ego on this guy. I, You know, that's a new hobby of mine, is referring to myself in the third person, apparently. <laughs> he said it doesn't work when we're hanging around here. I'm uh, talking to mutual friends of ours, like, oh, well, Daniel, you know, just bought this new game. Like, oh, Daniel has it? No, I mean, I have it. I just bought it. <laughs> that's so, true. But Daniel also did, but... Anyway, yeah, no. <laughs> hey, I own Rogers of the Ganges and you don't, so how? That's off. true. I own the Dice Charmers. So do I. I have both. I know, I want both. <laughs> oh, the other one. Can I have yours? No. I can give you another copy of Through the Ages. No, thank you. And I'll throw in a copy of Quirkle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do need kindling for my smoker. There you go. It's all wood. <laughs> I think it's mesquite. Did they use mesquite to make those tiles? I don't know. Oh, Crow said it. Rahas didn't. You didn't like Rahas? That's uh, one of our like all time. Yeah, that's one like, of our favorites. great times. And just recently, you finally got it. So we need to replay it and make sure that it's. it's yeah, no, no. Yeah, through. I agree. I've been wanting to. Yeah. So this week's episode is quite simple. It's one of our tried and true. We are talking about the top eight debate. This week's theme is construction games, not city builder games. Construction games. In fact, there is a distinction on Board Game Geek. The description for this is uh, games about creating, building, buildings, construction, architecture, interior design, e.g., castles of Mad King Ludwig, Dream Home, floor plan. The difference from city builders, which is if you need to meet a requirement about the building itself, the game belongs here. If your requirements are only about how houses fit together to create a street, city, territory, it doesn't. Walking Barano is both. You need all the floors in the house to be of the same color, but all the houses on the street uh, sh- should confirm to conform to a pattern to earn victory points. Yeah. So rolling heights, uh, that would be more city building because you're building the skyscrapers, even though part of it is building, you know, the, the buildings themselves. It's really about the city itself. And I have one that does kind of break that um, it, to an extent. And yeah, I'll we talk were, about that when we get there. We but, were scraping the barrel for this right. one. We this, barely had eight. <laughs> and, and honestly, this list on Board Game Geek, I get it, why it's doing what it is. Mm-hmm. But um, honestly, I'll probably change one of mine here in a minute. Okay. But uh, really, I mean, there's a lot of games that should fit in this category that don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's specifically about making the structure, the building itself. Yes. That is a construction, or like the monuments and stuff. Um, so, I mean, you'll understand when we get into our list why those are the same, and why city, quote-unquote, buildings or don't count for that same Yeah, idea. exactly. Um, although one of mine technically does. Mm, same, so does one of mine. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, there was only 99 listed on Board Game Geek, and of those 99, half of them were expansions. Yeah, that's so, what I was thinking about, yeah. too. Yeah, we, we did play And it's funny, of one of the games on my list is a banned game that we yep. refuse to... Uh, that, that I... Yeah, we don't <laughs> debate anymore. Because things have been thrown, and things have been said, uh-huh. that we just don't need to be... There is the two spe- specific games, <laughs> and we've talked about this before, that are on our banned list. Not our ascension list. Those are different. They've won yes. so many times that they've ascended. Yep. No, there's two games on our banned list, because we just... One, we can't take our bias out of it. And two, we distinctly dislike these games. Yes. 
Uh, one for him and one for me. That's right. And we'll talk about those when we come into the honorable mentions, mm-hmm. yours, and I'm sure the fans listening from the one I've banned. So, but with that being said, Daniel, what have you been playing lately? Actually, I've been playing a lot. We'll get into more of it next week when we do the Tits and Giggles topic, when we go into the what's we've been playing. But there's two games I do want to talk about. One we played right before your trip. I'm only picking one of the games we played that night. I've only liked two of the four. The other two were pushing it. Was that the my pick? <laughs> yes. Okay. The one I like the most out of those picks I'm picking here, and that is Roll for Adventure. Okay, yeah. Uh, actually, it was my favorite game of the night. It was our last game of the night. It's very simple. You're working together as a team to try to get as many of the crystals to a point. But you got to make sure the the bad guy. You got to be as efficient as possible before the big bad comes out because he's going to set up everybody to attack you. You want to make sure you're taking care of all the bad guys for the, each different areas, or they lock or steal dice away from you. Yep. Um, you got to make sure you have enough dice to do your turn, or else it's into the game. Yep. It's a it's a very not super difficult, but it's a bit lucky because again you're rolling dice yep. and you're. Basically playing like a Yahtzee mechanic, you need to put your threes or fours here, you need to play, lock your dice over here, and you get to roll as many times as you want, but you have to put your dice in the area, and then after your dice get used into a certain area, they go to the middle, and then you have to start putting dice into another section for those dice to be unlocked and come back to you. So it's a nice little puzzle where you're trying to work, okay, well... He's only got two dice, so maybe I need to do put my six over here into this yeah. portal. This way he get those dice that are sitting there in the center. I thought it was really good. That's cool, yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. That obviously, I'm biased because I owned it, and I knew I was going to like it going into it. That's why I bought it. Yeah. Um, it's just the way that it works is real simple. You have, one, you have three different spots that use specific numbers. Mm-hmm. One is kind of the easiest to complete because this is that, but it's the fewer spaces on the die, right? Yep. You know, it's... It's the only one. And then twos, threes, and fours, that's really common, but that takes the most dice out of all of them. It takes yep. 12 whole dice total, but sparingly. And then fives and six, that's, you know, a third of them. It is. It, it's, that's it's a little difficult, little but difficult. it sets itself to be harder each time. Yes. Because once you and get something, expands. and it's like, okay, now you need two extra dice to do this, yes. or three extra dice if you keep going on this one. That's right. My favorite one is the third location, where you can get special abilities, where you have to do a straight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If you get the variety of the different dice, you can yeah. get those extra bonuses. My favorite part of that game was easily the way that that specific boss works, is that mm-hmm. you, you shuffle him to about half, you know? Yeah. And then when he pops up, you shuffle him back into the remaining of the deck. It doesn't mean game over. Like, yeah. It's not a timer. It's not how often you see him. He just really sucks when he pops <laughs> up. He activates just about everything. Well, and, the, my and favorite thing from that story number, starts popping up more and more. I, I remember from there is our friend Dom was like, eh, "It's not bad. It's a little easy," and then it just started ramping and ramping and yeah. ramping. We ended up losing the game. Yeah, just, just barely. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. The, I I agree. That's a good one. So the first one I want to talk about is actually, you know, a little bit of flub because I want to talk about two things that I have finally accomplished as far as gaming mm-hmm. uh, goes. And so I'm lumping these together. I'll, I'll talk about the games a little bit, but really I'm talking about two games for this for this what I've been playing part. Mm-hmm. And that's because, one, I finally played a game from Mythic Games, which, you know, is fairly well known. I mean, nowadays for lack of Kickstarter's funding, but, you mm-hmm. know, or uh, fulfilling. 
but Mythic Games was a pretty big name for a little while there. Especially when it comes to, like, the minis and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, just yep. dudes on the map type games. Right, exactly. And so I played Super Fantasy Brawl, um, which was, it was pretty good. I heard that was okay. Yeah, it was good. That was, like, um, one of their better IPs, from my understanding. It was. It was. One of the things that it did is that, it, you know, it's a standard head-to-head mm-hmm. team battle game. You know, each each character has, like, its own little, like, style. Amongst them, there's, like, 40 characters to choose from. Whatever. And, of course, they have really pretty minis. Um, when I was done with it, I told the same guy. He was like, oh, so what do you think? And I was like, ah, it's okay. You know, I like, I enjoyed my time. He was like, okay. Um, you didn't like it that much. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, it's not that I didn't like it. I didn't see anything that this did differently than any other battle game I've ever played. Like, it, it has really nice minis. Yeah, it has great <laughs> minis. But Magic the Gathering, Arena of the Planeswalker, same thing. Yeah, that's what War Chest. That's more unique than this is. Heroescape, it's pretty much their version of Heroescape from what I'm understanding, which is without licenses, really. It's got great minis. I've seen it. um, Very pretty. When we were at Gamma, I saw it at Mm -hmm. uh, the Mythic Boost uh, last year. I I will give it credit that it's very fast. So if you're looking for something that's great components, really fast in that style, that's a good one. But the other game that's worth noting, I finally played a Vito Lacerda game. (laughs) Finally. And we were talking a little bit with our our audience, uh, Corrupt Senate. Yes, um... Vito Lacerda, I've never played one of his games before. Uh, my guess is Weather Machine. You guessed Weather Machine. It was not Weather Machine. I would have been a lot more excited to talk Vinos? about that. It was not Vinos. Oh. Bot Factory, which is one of his That's lesser one of the, ones. I was like, one of the more random ones. One of the more random ones, Bot Factory, which is, I guess, Vito Lacerda's take on a light game. That was kind of his thing. And really, there was only four boards. It was Worker Placement. Mm-hmm. And on your turn, you only had one worker. You had to move it to at least one other board and any spot that was available. But then, the way it works is that it's not just you move and then take the action. No, everyone places their worker first, and then the boards activate in order. From one, two, to three, and four. Okay. And uh, so, the person who's furthest left gets to move their worker first. So, the previous spot that I took is not is not available until I move it from that space. Okay. So even though I've already activated it, mine is still, um, mine is, my piece is covering up that space. You can move past me or before me or whatever, but then when I finally stand up and then I move my piece over to something that you've vacated, then that's, that's uh, kind of what okay. it is. But basically you're built, you're getting pieces of the robots, you're putting them on the assembly line to get speech bubbles mainly, um, but anybody can complete the robot once it has all three, the head, the body, and the legs. Okay. Um, whoever puts the the final piece can build the robot, assuming they have a blueprint for it, which is another, that's the third spot. And then the final spot is determining the values of each of these robots. At the end of the game, you're going to trade them in and uh, get points for it. It wasn't too complicated. There's three of us. It took us about two and a half hours. That's not too bad. I mean, for a little server, that is pretty light. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) from what I understand, that is a pretty, pretty light game. And it wasn't difficult to understand, and there was a non-gamer amongst us, and he took it no problem. Like, he figured it out, okay. like, doing, like, these weird parts. But Was my other guess true? Was it with Clint, or was it... Yes, okay. yes. Yeah, it was with uh, a friend of mine. But, yeah, I'm just glad that, like, these two, like, like Mythic Games less so, you know, I was like, okay, I, I could care less about that. But they were a prominent name for a while. and They were. My yeah. thing is, the. Every one of their games, other than, I think it was Solomon Kane, I think yeah. was their other one. Was that was the one. only one that kind of intrigued me just because of that theme. Sure. But all their other games looks like something, like, 
dudes this on the map area control. The map I area have control, yeah. uh, Tsukuyumi full moon down sitting over yep. there with, exactly. with the, the minis version. So. Exactly. And you know my thoughts on stuff like that. It's like, yeah, so as soon as he said that, I was like, like, well, but this is a very different game than that. I'm like, cool, and, I'll give it a try. And then you want, like, fun. skirmishers. I mean, Funko does it better, even with the creepy little right. dolls. Uh, exactly. Unmatched is my go-to for that. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I, I agree. But I'm just proud that I finally got those. Played a Lacerda, and now I can judge every Lacerda game based <laughs> on just that robot Hot one. factory, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my next one I'm going to talk about is an old favorite of mine. It was in my top 100. Okay. But uh, this specifically, uh, I played a five-player version at it on Zia Comics Tabletop Day. Ooh, that's right. That wasn't too long ago, was it? Yeah, it was right before you left. So we the, the last pick, or the last game night you had... Mm-hmm. I picked that from there, and then the mm-hmm. next day, or the Saturday, yep. was uh, Terraforming Mars. Uh, uh, I played yes. it with two new gamers, well, three new gamers, myself and our mutual friend Dom. I got to play it with um, a, a friend of mine already, and then uh, his girlfriend, and two people from the shop. Mm-hmm. And I had a blast. Even as a fly player game, we were trying to brute force it just to make it go quicker, because there was another game they wanted to get into. But I don't know. Five-player game, like five or six rounds, that's pretty good. Yeah, that was really fast. But yeah, no, I liked it. Uh, finally did play it with one of the expansions. The only expansion I have played before was um, the the map packs. Yeah. Finally played it with Prelude, and I get what everybody says. Always play it with Prelude. We yeah. gave the new people options, like me and our mutual friend Dom, since we played it before, we play it a lot. Uh, we had to take a corporation. We had to make sure we paid for our cars. They were given the option to either choose a corporation or take the beginner corporations. All three of them chose to do the beginner corporations because it's easier. So sure. they get their lump sum money plus all 10 cards. So, and one person is like, kept asking me questions throughout the entire time. It's like, okay, does this work? How's this work? Okay, yeah. Like, the fact that she wasn't getting it. But uh, once it started to click, she started to get it, ended up winning the game. Yeah. It was great. That's <laughs> so, the best part. Yeah. That's what I was like. See, you, you have the grasp of it. Yeah. You just weren't feeling comfortable yet. Yeah. You just Because there's a lot of moving parts in Terraforming Mars, especially since every card's distinct, and there's like a giant stack of them. So, yeah, she ended up enjoying it. We ended up uh, playing uh playing through it it only took us about three hours to go through a five-player mm-hmm. game of it so i can't complain terraforming mars awesome i am checking real quick i don't like to be on my phone when i'm doing this but there is oh it's finally on board game geek okay because as of when i bought it a few days ago this game was not on board game geek and the last okay. one i played most recently uh, i know what you're talking was about. a game uh it's it's on a long line of a series of games it's the newest sushi go game Sushi go, spin some for din some. Say that five times fast, right? So, I heard things about this. Like, I heard the rumblings okay. before you even mentioned it. Some people were talking about it online. Okay. Um, I don't know anything about the game. I'll let you describe it here. Sure. But uh, it's not Phil Walker Harding. It is not. Based off his uh, license it's, of Sushi It's go. based off of the IP, yes. Uh, and then other people are saying that they basically took uh what is it the steam up or something like that another board game they just put it in the sushi go line so i i know what game you're talking about um and granted i don't know how that game yeah, works. yeah that, that's all those are the only things i'm hearing yeah. is the rumblings online i'm not saying it isn't in fact i'd be curious to look into that mm-hmm. because i've heard steam up is uh questionable actually 
honestly, I'd be willing to take a quick pause to, to figure out, because I want to talk about that, because I didn't, I realized now thinking about that. So, even though we're recording, you'll edit it out. Let me look at how it's played, how um, the Steam Up game is, because I'm very curious okay, how I'm, close it is. All right. Uh, now, talk just, about off-tangent when you want to take a section out of the series. No, I mean, well, we can still have this, but this is not going to be entertaining for anybody. Because I want to see how close it is. Steam up a feast of dim sum. I mean, it's the same theme, but, you know, whatever. Alright, so once upon a time, the Far East, uh, it was the first restaurant was kind of retrieved. Three gold ingot status according to the... Uh, it's known for its five most popular dim sum. Okay. The... okay. Yep. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not worried about that. There Go it is. Click more. Uh... Set collection action management game offering delicious cultural experiences uh, filled with different types of dim sum are stacked and placed on a turntable. Each player takes turn performing two different actions each round, including gaining and spending food tokens to purchase dim sum and steamers with their fee and Players may also play fortune cards to benefit themselves or affect their opponents. Starting the second round, a fake card is revealed each round to trigger an event. The game ends when a specific number of steamers is purchased or a fake deck is emptied. Okay. Uh, let me see the board real quick. Within their region. I'm assuming it's the side of the board. Whatever. I'm assuming it's that right there. See how it's everything pretty much cornered? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. He's making this a very boring podcast, so... Yep. Okay, cool. Oh, I see you're taking tokens out of the, the steamer trace. Cool. Alright. Back to the episode. So... Okay, I can see the comparisons because, yes, it is legitimately <laughs> similar. Here's the difference. First off, the Sushi Go Spin Sum for Dim Sum, much simpler. Okay. Already, I can tell. Because on that, you're taking two actions. Spin Sum, you you take the card in front of your token. Okay. You remember how um, uh, Planet Unknown... Yeah. Um, yeah, Planet Unknown... How it had the Lazy, lazy Susan, Susan. Yeah. and you put your token in front of one of the spots, yeah. and how you rotate it affects what the other player could draft from, yeah. that's more utilized in this one. I'm sure that's utilized in that as well, uh -huh. like if whatever's in front of you, right? But yeah. you have a little plate token, you put it in front of the board, and you are literally going to take a card every single turn. Okay. The only difference between um, this and that, you're not taking multiple actions, you're just simply taking the card that's in front of you, or you're spending your chopstick tokens putting them on the board to rotate it. And so the way that works, you like in Canvas, for example, you have the little Canvas tokens, and it's the river of drafting. You can take the first one for free, mm -hmm. or Century Spice Row, right? You can continue doing that, but it's on a rotational now. And you choose what direction it goes. Okay. So that drafting I already like. And, of course, if you take a card with those tokens on it, you get the tokens with it. Okay. Thus letting you rotate it more later on. That's really the only difference. Um... So you can spend up to like three tokens to make it to any spot on the yeah. board. On the board, draft whatever you want. Now, in standard Sushiko fashion, every single one of those scores in its own different, unique way. Oh, of There's some where it's if you have only a certain, uh, an odd number, they're two points each. There's um, large and small rice balls, you know, one or two points. Mm -hmm. um, you have these different things that are different combinations, but mostly they're sets, Sushiko style. And then finally, there's the, uh, the sticky bun. Okay. Which is... Which is this fun little squishy, a squishy bun. I'm sorry, not sticky bun, squishy bun. That it's a squishable like 
stress reliever, like mm-hmm. dim sum ball, yep. right, that you can put in the middle of the table. But if you take the squishy bun uh, card, then you gain the squishy bun from either the other player or from the middle of the table, and you can expend the squishy bun to rotate it to any side you want. Okay. So, but then it's also, at the end of the game, whoever has the most and least, it acts the same as the puddings. So, I mean, it from the sounds of it, it does sound very similar. I get the, the comparison. But honestly, I think the Sushi Go one looks very similar. Okay. Much similar. And I'm going to give that credit because... It's game right. It is game right, for one. But two, the other designer that, that convinced me to buy that, because I saw who, since it wasn't Phil Walker Harding, it's a guy named Ken Gruel. And I've promoted his games before. Yep. He made, he's like the much simpler version of the Walker Harding. His games are not, uh, that sounded rude. I don't mean that sounded rude. Like, his games are, the difference is Phil Walker Harding, he dilutes the games to the most concentrated mm-hmm. version of what they can be, right? Um, Come on, <laughs> no, get it out. I'm trying to word it out. Ken Gruel, his designs are he comes up with an idea, and he makes the simplest game with that idea. Okay. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily the most concentrated. It's just the simplest game. He made Happy Salmon. He made Mantis, which was nominated for the Spiel this mm-hmm. year. No, he it made, was... Uh, what wasn't nominated. It was... Uh, or recommended. Recommended. Yeah. Um, not nominated. Recommended. But um, he made Mantis. He made Nacho Pile. Um, and a bunch of these other games that okay. are all very simple. So... When I saw his name attached to it, I'm like, okay, I can get on board with this. Overall, I would recommend it. I really would. <laughs> if you like Sushi Go, you would probably like this as well. If you like okay. simple family games, we played it with my family. We all enjoyed it. Highly, highly recommend it. It's funny. I'm sitting here thinking, like, uh, you're asking me before the podcast, should we cut this segment out? You're the reason why it goes over. Yep. You do stuff like yep. that. Yep. I... Well, I didn't I'm realize gonna start putting you so on a timer. Sim- I didn't realize <laughs> it was so similar to, to Steam Up because it wasn't until you brought up that I was like, oh yeah, that game does. It, it's all about rotating dim sum. Yes. <laughs> but, and this is, I, I get the comparison. I really do because it's very, very similar. Thing. Yeah. But I mean, isn't dim sum, I don't, I don't eat that, but I don't know if you do, but is it served on a rotating platter? No, it just comes in a Steam thing. That The rotating platter thing is uh, a game. Most of it just, it comes in. Like Just little steaming bows, yeah. Yeah, okay. So steam can rise up through all of them, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that that I don't know. Like I don't eat I don't eat dim sum, so I don't know. But okay, I can see the comparison. Yeah, so you're just the one that goes off on tangents and uh-huh. makes things longer. Okay, okay, all right, that's fine. But let me tell you about this game. All right. So uh, with that being said, we need to get into the actual podcast part right. of it, the that topic of debate. <laughs> it's been a while since we've done one of these. That's right, and I'm looking forward to it very much so. Let's talk about our honorable mentions. The way this game, or the way this debate works is quite simple. If you've never been on one of these episodes before, you're in for a treat. We have the top eight highest ranked games of a category, mechanism, or whatever we decide to pick debate on. Mm-hmm. This week's theme is construction. We went on BoardGameGeek.com, found the eight highest ranked construction games that Daniel and I have both played. Why do we pick the ones that we both played? Because we can make sound arguments. Uh, if we haven't both played them, then it's going to be a more lot, I have to take your word for it, instead yep. of actual having a debate. Right. And we used to do that back in the day. Not as fun. Mm-mm. So now we find the top eight that we both played, which there was eight in this category that we both played. 
including a, a band one we'll talk about here in a little bit. That's right. <laughs> and then on top of that, we break it down into five criteria. We rank each of these games on the criteria and like a call, uh, football-style bracket, mm-hmm. we're going to rank them off one by one and debate between the two which ones should be moving on to the next level based on five criteria, first one being ease of play. How easy is it to get to the table, mm-hmm. and how familiar are you with the mechanisms? Uh, you go through the whole points. We don't have to go through the whole points. All right, replay value The next is the next criteria. It's mainly just the minimum number of plays to get the full experience. Uh, your length of time of scaling well, as well as the expandability of it, if it has already existing expansions or up to one possible future expansions, or expansions that are conform- confirmed by the designer or publishers. And meaningful choice. How much does your strategy impact other players, uh, the depth of your strategy, tactics, or skills, and finally, do arbitrary choices arbitrary, arbitrary <laughs> choices make an impact on your gameplay? Uh, the next one here is game immersion. Is the game fun to lose? Uh, player interaction, role playing, table talk, you know, trash talking each other at the table, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. In that stand up moment where it just clicks in your mind forever and you tell that story over and over ad nauseum. That's right. And the final one of our five criteria is art and production, which is a entirely objective, obviously. Art, pieces of components, <laughs> And the graphic design. Um, actually, most of that is incredibly subjective, subjective. But there is some that is very clearly than others. One is For, better than the other, yeah. Yeah, but very clearly, if your graphic design is overflowed or if it's not colorblind friendly. There is going to be one that's going to get hit with that. Uh, I'm sure there will be. Oh, no, there is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be in the first debate. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it will. So, and finally, uh, after all the five criteria, if we still can't come to a consensus of which game should move on, we post a poll on Board Game Revolution on Facebook. You get to decide what moves on. That That's right. The fan vote is the tiebreaker. Plus, on top of anybody who's joining us live, you get a vote as well. So, with that being said, let's get into our honorable mentions. First off was the honorable mentions from online. Uh, the first one that was added on was by Dave... Making sure, yeah, it's that one. Uh, by Dave, and that was Rolling Heights. Weren't we just talking about this one? We were just talking about it. It does. I, I consider it um, city building. I think most people do. But, I mean, it's constructing the buildings for that reason, and you're sending construction workers as in the workers you roll. So, I get it. I don't disagree with that. Like, I personally would probably consider it probably closer than my honorable mention. So, I'll give it that. <laughs> Uh, the next game here was uh, mentioned by Brett, and that was Hamlet. I'm not very familiar with that game, but it's got a good percentage on there. Yeah. Um, the next one, uh, I, I'm going to skip that for right now. Uh, Dave also added Blueprints, which is, I believe, a... Uh, roll and write. Yeah, it's like a roll and write, something yeah. to that effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one was also added by Dave. This one was Seven Wonders Architects. And see, I... Went back and forth on this one. I didn't see it on the Board Game Geek list, but I kind of agree with this one. Yeah. Because all it is is you're building the wonder. You're taking resources to build your specific wonder. Yeah. So I agree with this one a lot. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with it. That, that is quite literally what you're doing. Yeah. You're constructing the wonder. But again, I didn't see it on the list, or else it probably would have been picked. Right. Um, and then Jason added Castles of Mad King Ludwig. So this is one of the games. This was actually high up on the ranking. Mm-hmm. I haven't played it. You have. It's a shame. So 
That's the reason why it's not it's on same. our debate list. And that's also the reason why uh, his other big, uh, the city building one, um, Suburbia, Suburbia is not on the list because it's not you're not constructing the buildings themselves. Yeah, you're basically building a city or a suburb. A suburb. That's right. And you know what? I'm even going to make my change right now to a different one. All right. Sorry about this, people. If you see me rubbing my eyes, my contacts are just bothering me today. They're getting like super dry. Probably means I got to change them out. So let's let us begin with our honorable mentions. Was there any comments on this? Uh, no, I forgot to tell them to leave a comment. Okay, no worries. Well, <laughs> hopefully they'll add a comment. And there was also one that we want to throw in there as well that wasn't uh, originally on our list. Okay, maybe no one. Starting with me. There we go. Out. Here's the one that we wanted to talk about. Um, Brett, uh, was it Brett? Yeah, Brett added it as well. Is It's my first honorable mention. We were mentioning it earlier. Mm-hmm. There are two games that are on our band list right now. There might be others in the future, but there are two games... One of them is for me, and that's Lupin Louie or Lupin Chewie. Yep. Same game, different branding. The one for you was actually should have been our number one seed, and that's Architects of the West Kingdom. Yep. I thoroughly enjoy this game. I understand why you don't like it. I like the fact that it's a worker placement where you have all your workers. You're building a cathedral, in a sense. That's the end game trigger. Once the final spot of the cathedral gets built, you, you go into final scoring. But that's pretty much all the actual building in there. Everything else is about gaining resources, gaining money, gaining uh, artisans and stuff like that, and then pushing for that to be built. You're also building up buildings in your tableau just to give you more resources and stuff like that. So it has a lot of aspect on it, but it doesn't really give me that feel. It's just more like your rival families, like the Borgias or uh, who are the other ones? Uh, can't remember their names. The Borgias were one, um, but in the Renaissance era, because the Borgias basically controlled northern Italy, and then there was other families, and they ended up controlling Rome. And that's what Architects of the West Kingdom reminds me of, is that time frame of the Renaissance, historically. That's another reason why I really do enjoy it, because when you look at it, uh, Pillars of the Earth uh, is another one that does something like that. Um, where it's about how these rival families are controlling. That's the theme in there more so than the actual construction, really. Yeah, yeah, it's less about the construction part of it. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, the first one I want to talk about was the one I changed multiple times. So originally I had uh, cathedral, which didn't do it, but then I realized, uh, and you asked me even what cathedral is, it's an abstract strategy. Yeah. And you're putting down basically polyomino, really pretty building. Then I realized like, yeah, that doesn't count, and then I changed it to seven wonders. Uh, architects, because I was like, yeah, and that makes way more sense. Yeah, no, well, that that's just recently I just changed it, but then I was like, you know what, that that argument holds true because you are building the wonders. That's literally what you're doing. But then this other game, this last <laughs> one, finally popped in my mind. I was like, wait, I know another game where you are contributing to like the central piece, and that's Kalis. Mm. Kalis thirteen oh three. Like, yes, you are building buildings. It's more of a city builder as far as what you're doing, but. The main part of that is you are also building the castle for Kalis. And that is one of the big, big parts of it, is that you will get heavily penalized, um, and you will not necessarily be in the running unless you're helping contribute to this castle. Mm -hmm. And you have to use your resources just like everything else. Yes, the bulk of the game is building those buildings to get the resources, but building up in the castle, that's a huge, huge, big thing to do. So. 
don't really feel that architecture. Uh, no, that's why it's my number three. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. The only reason Architects of the West Kingdom would be my number one, but I talk about it a lot. Yes. In all honesty, because you do. And the other two games I want to talk about more. Yeah. One I just recently played. Ah. Uh, I, I, I was having this discussion with you yesterday on the phone, but before I get into that, Corrupt said it is saying Teotihuacan. Um, yeah, building the pyramid. You're building the pyramid. I don't disagree with that either, yeah. but it's, again, along the same lines as Kalis and Architects of the West Kingdom. You're doing so much other stuff. Right. That's just, it's the most important part of the game, but yeah. it's not what a lot of the people are concentrating. Focus, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, so my second game, oh, you're going to flip it. Never mind. It's up to you. Yeah, well, I'll just go to my... Going to you. So my second game <laughs> is it, this was on the list, and this is one that you hadn't played yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a Spiel des Jahres winner, and I, I'm sure as soon as you saw it, you're like, "Yep, he's gonna put it on there." And I, yep. yeah, Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, Manhattan is an awesome game, and this is the reason why I, I like this game better than my number one. But it, it falls in the same thing. You are building skyscrapers around six different regions of Manhattan. And you're literally just putting out the tokens to build the skyscraper. So it is more of a city building if you want to get into the semantics of it. Mm-hmm. But the reason why it, I agree that it's under this list, and I agree of, of that assessment, why it's in uh, construction and not city building, is because where you construct it, uh, each of the heights of the towers, uh-huh. determine who controls the tower. <laughs> so... Like, for example, if I own the top piece of any one of those skyscrapers, I own the skyscraper, regardless of how many floors you've built. But I can only build so many floors, assuming I already have some on there. So if you have five floors, and somebody else has five floors, and I haven't built floors on it yet, I'm not allowed to build on that tower, because I have contributed nothing to it. Mm -hmm. I have to be able to build a piece that will at least let me exceed the number of tower or floors that everyone, anyone else has. Okay. And so that's a very critical factor in it. So I do like that. And then the construction of the tallest building gets a bonus to whoever owns the tallest building anywhere in the city. So there's some cool, cool mishmash ways of getting points in there. So I get it why it's under there. But again, I like this one significantly better probably than my number one. But that one, uh, my number one is by far the best of the theme. Okay. So I'm going to move my number two to my number one because... The, my number one is something that actually goes with Manhattan here. Um, one we both recently just played. It is a city collection game called New York City by Stefan Feld. Mm-hmm. It was on the list. So I'm like, okay, I'll just put that on there. Yep. Uh, again, going along the lines of with Manhattan, it's more area control yes. than anything, but you are building your buildings yeah. out into the map and yeah. trying to get control of the skyscrapers depending on the section we're actually in. And you're doing all that based on your card played for that round. You're doing this, okay, now I'm moving up on this track. Or I'm doing this, okay, now I'm building this skyscraper, but i got to make sure I have this stuff over here to do yeah. that. So it's an interesting uh, push and pull of how you have to play your cards right. And it's based on what you have in your hand at the moment. Because if you play the most of something, you get also a bonus. And so I do like that aspect of it. But again... The construction's there, but again, it's more an area control game yes. because you're trying to have control and whoever gets the most points at the end of the game based on different scoring boroughs, yeah. you end up winning. But I saw it on there. I'm like, okay, I like that one. I'll put it up. Cool. All right. Probably one of the simplest Stefan Feld games. Oh, by far. 
by far. And our number one, which was my number two, but, you know, I think this is actually better for this category as my number one, a uh, game I just recently played while you were out of town. This is Cleopatra in the Society of Architects. Yep. And you even told me to ask <laughs> if I had played it before, yeah. which I have not. Not yet. Uh, this one is constructing because the whole point is you're gathering cards out of the market. You're gathering basically resources, and you're trying to build up the temple of Cleopatra. Before, mm-hmm. And every time something gets finished, Cleopatra moves. So basically, you're doing it in five rounds, but it just depends on how the rounds go. Yeah. Uh, so you're basically building up the walls. You're building up the sphinxes. You're building up. Yeah. Uh, I forget what they're called. Uh, but they're like the floor plan uh, essence on there because you're trying to put your statues on there to help you get rid of corruption. Yeah. Uh, and so it's got a lot of this actual construction going on, and it was it was actually pretty heady for a game that as simple as it is because yep. your basic actions are you take cards or you spin cards to build. That's it. That's it. But uh, if you were able to build two things, you get a bonus. If you were able to complete stuff, you get a bonus. And so how you get all this. But if you have the most corruption, you cannot win. Even if you have the most points, if you have the most corruption as well, you cannot win. So yeah. you, it's like that little push and pull where you have to be as efficient as possible and not take as much corruption or find a way to get rid of said corruption. Yeah. And that's what your little statues are for when you're putting them out there. So you get to get rid of as many corruptions as you have squares that can't be covered. And so our mutual friend Dom uh, was able to get most of them because I'm like, I thought it was just you get rid of one corruption if you get your statue out there because that's how I read the rule. Right. No, it's for every square that cannot be covered and your statue is in there, you can get rid of that much corruption. So I would end up winning, but he ended up having nine uh, corruption taken away, so it gave him the win. Whereas our mutual friend, who ended up in third place because he had the most corruption, getting eaten by the crocodiles. Of but course, it is such a good game. All right, and my final, uh, my last honorable mention is a game that I'm one of these days I'll have to show you because I'm I really was excited about it. I love I I'm a sucker for blueprint themed stuff. Like that sounds weird, but like the one of my favorite decks of cards I've ever bought was like a bicycle deck of cards that is okay. blueprint themed. I'm I don't know what it is about it. I love it. So when I saw floor plan, like just the the idea that it's a roll and write where you're making a floor plan, <laughs> I'm in hundred percent. And and when I played it, you play it because you're you're rolling multiple dice. One chooses the size of what you're building. One chooses like the feature, um, and and there are different parameters of what kind of rooms and hallways and 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 purposes all of these rooms make. And you're building a floor plan. That, that that's supposed to work together. The the only reason why I don't push this as hard as I want it to is because at the end of the game, your building does not make sense from an architectural standpoint. <laughs> I have taken multiple architectural drafting classes because <laughs> I this was a passion of mine when I was younger, and I was like, I want to get into architecture. I really like it. And uh, <laughs> and doing a game, I was like, this is awesome. And then you look at what you've done, you're like, oh, God. What did I do? Like, why is there an oven in the kitchen? Or why is there an oven in the bathroom? I don't understand. Like, I mean, you don't do that, but you know what I mean. It's well, like, I'm, I'm just sitting there thinking, well, so you've been to New York City when they're trying to cut things into 
uh, like the smallest apartment just to get every square inch to be rented. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like you're just squeezing that out of there. Yeah, and you so, have a stove there, a toilet there, and a bed right there. Right, <laughs> all right. within two feet of each other. And, and I like the fact that they that they rethemed the floor plan to the Westminster House, which is a building that doesn't make Makes sense. sense. Yeah, and so I'm like, that's a cool little theme. I, I've heard iffy reviews on it, but Westminster House. Winchester. Winchester House, not Westminster. Winchester House. Yes, thank you. <laughs> but no, like that's that's a house that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So it makes way more sense on the theme, which is hilarious. Instead of fixing the theme, it's like, oh, well, let's make it so you actually have to build like logical houses and you have to have access to all these rooms. No, no, just just do do it that way. Make it base it off of a house that didn't make sense in the first place. Leave, have a stairway going to nowhere. It doesn't you, matter. You, you wanna you wanna make it a horror theme? You make it off of the H H Holmes house. Oh, right? Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, having, like, trap doors falling into Bunsen burners or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it would be so great. But, no, I, I really did like this game, and it's a shame I haven't played it recently, because I haven't played it in a long while, since I pretty much bought it. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to bring it by and show you, because I think you'll like it. Yeah. All right. Not going to be tomorrow. Floor plan. Nope. Not my pick tomorrow. So let's get into this debate. We're going to debate the top eight construction games. Daniel, are you ready for this? I'm ready for this. You no, wanna... Normally right now, the reason why I didn't go through the full explanation is because right now is when we talk about each of the five criteria in detail. Yeah. But we already did. So let's jump right into the episode because this, <laughs> my two weeks of absence, yeah, I am off. You're standing right That's now. That's fine. So our first one is going to be Red Cathedral versus Cloud City. Which the, one of these is the better construction game? Uh, the next uh, one, we have Santorini versus Cape May. Our number three pick will be Imhotep. Versus our number six, Walking Imperato. Yep, off the rails again. Number four seed, Foundations of Rome. Versus our number five seed, Men at Work. All right, so back, <laughs> let's get back into this episode. As always, I flip the coin of doom. Daniel is going to pick one of them from the Cup of Doom. This decides who debates first. You'll be debating first. I get Cloud City, which is a bit of a rough one because let's just go it's ahead. It's the Walker Harding. It's good. It, no, no, no. I don't disagree. Let's just go ahead and get the elephant out of the room. Yes. It is not winning our production because of the graphic design. Correct. It is not colorblind friendly. Nope. It is a struggle. I love the game. I own the game. It yeah. just, it's a pain because they, you have like light red and green. You have, like, a purple and a blue that are almost the same shade, and it's yeah. like, okay, is that purple or green? And both of you and me are looking at it, and you're like, Dom, is that a purple or... <laughs> and so uh, green, green and brown. Green and brown, yeah. yeah green and brown. It is, it is rough. You could have picked any brighter colors. Yeah. Green or, and brown. you know, make them different and, shades. And the tiles, for one, they don't have... Like, you could have different pieces, which I know that would change the production cost, but mm-hmm. even without different shape pieces... You could have tiles that allude to it because the tiles themselves are a different shade of color than the, the, the pieces the, the are. The pieces, yeah, it is. It, it's a rough game. Yeah. Other than that, it's very simple. It's very easy to play. Yep. It's one of the the little bit more of a teach than some of the other Phil Walker sure. Hardings out there. Again, we mentioned it. It's a Phil Walker Harding game, so he takes mm-hmm. it, he strips it down to its bare essence. And this game, you're basically just plucking out tiles. You're deciding if you're going to build. If you build the levels one way or another, um, they can bridge across. And so you have your buildings, and you put a little bridge over it. And it just depends on the space of them. You have your threes, your fours, your fives. And you're just trying to make as much points and 
bridges between buildings. But what I like about this game and what's really neat about it is that you can actually bridge over other bridges depending on their height. So if it's a level one and there's a bridge that's three, I can build a level four and bridge over that level three because mm -hmm. they're not going to intersect each other. I can't right. build another level one because those will intersect each other. Right. And I love that aspect and I love the, the goals that you have to do. Um, it's very, like I said, very easy to play. I really don't get the game immersion with this one, but it's just, it's fun to play. Is it my favorite on this list? Not by a long shot. Okay. I'm going to argue for Red Cathedral, which there is a very good reason it's up. It's ranked this high. You just recently got a chance to play it, like, what, a couple months ago, I think, for the first um, time? Um, yeah, a few months ago. I think it was end of last year when I finally played it. Yeah. To the point where I have that in the expansion. Yeah, yeah. Red Devere, Cathedral. give me a normal box size for I can put everything together. Yeah, if it's not, not in one box, no. no, no. no. more, I don't. Um, no, Red Cathedral, it's really neat. You're building the Red Cathedral, and you're all working together to do it. Mm -hmm. You are claiming different portions of the Red Cathedral that you're going to be building. You are getting literally the resources to build those portions, mm -hmm. and it says on there, you are building ornaments to it, whether it be doors, windows, or uh, the spires on top, little crosses. The embellishments. The embellishments, yep. Um, <laughs> and you're using these resources to gain points and prestige throughout the city, there's two different levels of different points and mm -hmm. systems. And one of the things I think makes this so cool, uh, first off, I like the rondel. I love the, the mechanism. Great. Get, the actions aren't too difficult, but yeah. knowing how to do it, whether you're building pieces, doing the rondel, getting bonuses, getting the resources. And the or bonuses doing something else. up in the top quadrant. Yep, up in the corners, yeah. You get the extra little uh, manipulation bonuses. But what makes it truly probably one of the best construction games on here? is that if I build a portion that is above somebody else, <laughs> they before penalized. they do, they get penalized. Because basically you're claiming different sections yes. of the cathedral. Yes. And so if he builds the roof over one of my my, my floor plan, because I'm basically I'm saying I'm going to build this yes. one for the door right. first. If he builds the spire above it, I get penalized for yes. that. Yeah, because it's like, what are you doing? You already claimed this. And in order for him to claim higher... You had to have gone. You have to have claimed it before. Yeah. You already had this longer. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I love that. That is hilarious. You know what I like about this game? It's mm. a it's a nice little rondel dice gathering resources. It's also got area control in it that you didn't expect because your final scoring mm -hmm. is whoever built the most of, of each that pillar, of, yeah. of each pillar of the cathedral. Uh, gets so many points. Mm -hmm. So if I build two and you build two, but then you went and put an embellishment on it, yep. then there's a possibility you could beat me because we're tied, but there's also like a slight tiebreaker. I can't remember exactly what it whoever's is. Whoever's highest, I think. Yeah, I think it's whoever's highest. Or, Something to that effect. Um, who's ever... Because I think it also goes down to the like who built what, in a sense. Right, something like that. Yeah, it's I a don't weird little tiebreaker, but the it's just The scoring is a little weird. But, but it's so fun. It is. It's a lot of game and a lot of good, a lot of good game in a box. Honestly, I look at Red Cathedral and I say this: it has a hard time winning art and production under most games uh, uh, compared to the other ones because yes. this game looks like it came out 10, 20 years right. ago. But when it goes up against yeah. Cloud City, it's got a chance. It's got a chance. No, I think what sets it apart is the fact that like that little idea of like you get penalized if I build something quicker than you do. That that alone gets memorable moments, gets 
get puts up a meaningful you know, choice you know what's, that. I think it moves on. I, I think it moves on, too. I don't disagree with you. I, another thing I talk about, like, in game immersions, the memorable moments or uh, the player interaction. Yes. When you're, like, someone comes in and claims the, the section above you, and you're like, what are you doing? Right, the, get, this is my section. And no. you look over and they already have the resource. You're like, oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, no. It's, it's happening. Yeah. So it kind of feels there's a little bit of push your luck in there, too. Yeah. you got to pay attention to what everybody else is doing. But I agree. Uh, the Red Cathedral moves on. And engine building on top of that. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll get into that later. But, yeah. Red Cathedral moves on. We apologize. Sorry, Cloud City. But you just didn't have it in you. Next one will be Santorini versus Cape May. Both of these are actually really good games, too. I'll be leading our argument off. Alright, you are getting Cape May. Of course I do. (laughs) Um, So, Cape May, the way the game works is fairly simple. You have a grid that is on, you know, Cape May. Um, New Jersey. Yep, New Jersey. And you are building uh, different buildings in different portions of uh, that little town. Yeah. You are essentially going to the closer to the beach, the more expensive uh, it gets. the more expensive it gets. But probably the better it's going to end up being. Mm-hmm. You're going to moving around the area, uh, the streets that are pre built, building those buildings in, putting fencing around them, um, and overall just trying to score points in different ways. Whether it mm-hmm. be um, uh, the different tokens that you're pulling from the bag, whether it be completing what's expected of the of the newspaper that round. Uh, and not um, just events, but also the, um, the like almost like a little area control. Area you know, control. The most buildings in this area, yeah. the most businesses in this area. Right. Um, however, this, um, and I'm just going to flat out say it right now, I think this should be disqualified if stuff like Kalos is not included in the list. Because you're just building the buildings onto plots. That's, that's You're building up the city, but... Uh, the, the city building, right. That's true, but right. a big part of it, too, is Cape May is known for the historic Victorian houses. Sure. So that's what you're actually building. You're trying to build up the Victorian houses. Right. It doesn't matter about, like, the grids or how the streets are filled. You're basically just building up uh, the houses or the businesses to get yourself resources to build up the houses to make it a historical location. Right. But that's that's, that's the, the same as... as Kalis, in a sense. Else. As Kalis, yeah. I agree. I do agree. This with you. fits in the the thing because it's not about where you're placing it on a grid. Say right. something like suburbia. Right, Santa Monica would count more than those. Right. Yeah, but At, Santa Monica can't even touch Walking in Murano. <laughs> I play both those games. Walking in Murano is much better. Oh, I like Santa Monica better actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually got rid of my copy of Walking in Murano. I didn't like it that much. I have it. It's okay. In that one over there. No, but what I'm saying, though, is that, like, this is, like, the same reason it's, like, uh, New York City, right? Mm-hmm. Stefan Fell, that's, it's still a better game, but you're doing the exact same thing. You're just building buildings into the regions or, or in specific ways. Yeah. It's no different than, than the others because the buildings are pre-built. That's what I'm saying. You're not building parts of the buildings unless you count the fence. And it's which, not the fence. It's the, you're building up the buildings. You're upgrading right. them each turn. Right. Or each time you're you got your level ones, your level twos, and then you got that foundation getting added right. to it. Right. Uh, I disagree with let's you. Let's compare it first. But with Santorini, um, I do want to argue with this one. This is a beautiful game. Yes. It is probably one of the prettiest games on this list. It's made to look like Santorini, Greece. Yes. Slight differences in this one is the fact that you also have um, 
asymmetrical powers in a sense. But you're basically in this aspect is to be the first person up to the third floor. That's really the concept of this game. You are building up the section, but other than that, it's not really doing anything for you. Right. You're constructing because you're constructing to be that part. <laughs> yeah. The, the only level. thing is right. you're constructing to move up a level. That's it. Right. All right. I constructed this. Now I'm up on the second level. And now you're having to decide, okay, if I do this, I have to put a cap on here or else you can get to the third level and end up winning the game. Right. So that's the, the decisions about the construction is basically right. either it's helping yourself automatic. to get up to win or making sure someone else can't get the win by putting a cap up there. Right. Other than that, uh, for this, when I'm talking about this topic, I think this one specifically, we're going to have to go through the criteria. I, I agree with that. Let's go through that. Um, first He's off, play, play Santorini. Santorini. Done. Art and production, also Santorini. I don't know. Cape May is pretty nice. But it I will give it to nice. you because of the yeah. graphic design. Yes. Because the two browns. You have yes. the, the dirt mm-hmm. and then the... Yeah, the side. dirt makes it trouble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you have replay value. Yeah. Uh, um, probably Cape May, although the, the player abilities is what sets Santorini apart from the others. Yeah, but that's not even the base game. That is uh, that is a variant where you add those in. The base game is basically just putting up stuff. And no, then... the, the base game is, is no. building the character. No, the, the base the game... No, no, no. no it, I know what you're saying, but the, the game is intended to be with just the characters. It's not like chess with abilities. It's it's intended to be with the characters, and you can play a simplified version without characters to learn how to play the base mm. mechanisms. Yeah. It, it, that's fine. I mean, it's it's still... Is it required to play? It, are the characters required to play? No. no. Will you get most of your full experience without them? Yes. yes. So, play value... At the back. point with Santorini, it's abstract more than anything else on yes. this list. Which I agree with. And then I would also give uh, Game Immersion to Cape May as well. I'll give that. But Meaningful Choice, I think, goes to Santorini, in all yes, honesty. Yes, I agree. Because it the main choices you have in, in Cape May is mm-hmm. building up or moving. And you have to right. use your cards a certain way. So you have to pay for some cards to move very fast or pay for some cards to move very slow. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think Meaningful Choice, you have to impact other people's strategies. Yes. You have to be very strategic in how you play your yes. cards. You have to put. You have to create a situation where, where, your opponent is is powerless to to stop you. Yeah, and that is very difficult with such a constraint. So I think we're in agreement. Santorini is moving on. Santorini moves on. All right. Uh, where is my? Despoir is not technically. Is construction game <laughs> I mean I think the only reason it, it it I think the reason it technically counts is because of the adding the fence part to it to embellish it right I mean it's your well no because you're constructing buildings and you're doing a lot of the resources no but like the difference between like construction games and city building games based, is, is if, there's, no, here, if the buildings have multiple factors the, well not it. just that based on the definition there city right. building is more about how if you build a park here and your your suburbs are going to give you more points there if you build next to the park, but you'll get negative points if you build next to a factory. Right. Whereas in this one, it doesn't matter where you're building the things. You're just building specifically. You can either build the houses here or you can build a shop there. there there's no in between. You can't, you know, build right, a shop but they're there. more valuable depending on what their positioning. That's exactly what you just said, though. N- not necessarily. The, they are valuable. The positioning based- changes the value of the building. In a sense, uh, where level-wise on the building changes the value. 
Uh, where they're at in the city uh, depends. Yeah, if they're further down on the beach, it's a possibility, but it's got that weird scoring where, like, if it's down here, it's going to give you more money, but if it's up here, it's going to give you more points at the end of the game. Right. So it's kind of weird how that works. But it's more about building the buildings than it is about building up the city. In Cape May? Yes. I disagree, but it's it's regardless. It's, it's a moot it's, point. You're not building this, up yeah. the city, though. You're building up buildings. And yeah. Not, it's, yeah, it's better in dirt certain locations, but it yeah. doesn't necessarily mean you're going to lose the game if you build up in the north. Right. So it's what, not, what about Planet Unknown? Then that's a city, that's a construction game? Like, because it doesn't matter, like, I'm building the tiles for the tiles. You're making no sense. No, that's, that's the same comparison. I'm just moving on. Yeah. I, I do agree with Corrupt Senate, though. Um, Santa Monica would count more than that would. No. It would. No. Yep. Walking to Baron is a better game than Santa Monica. I'm not saying it's it's better. In Are you your flipping opinion, the coin or not? No. Because I'm not saying you're you're wrong as far as which game is better. I'm saying more thematic. Yes. I'll start. <laughs> Next Again, one. Imhotep. Imhotep versus Walking Umbrano. And I'm glad you got Walking Umbrano. Um, because if it wasn't obvious that I, I'm not the biggest fan. Favorite. It's fine. I do like it. Um, it's just... Th- that came out as a series of like four different games from AEG at the same time. Well, the, and that was my least favorite of the four. And honestly, those games are what they were bringing over from other uh, right. areas. Because I right. think another one was like... Uh, that, well, that was when Point City... Or Point Salad came out as well. It was Point well, yeah. Salad, that, Curios, and something else. No, no, no. Walking Brown is part of the different line. Oh, well, no. It's it's part of like the Emperor S4. So yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they were pot, brought in as, as a collection of like four games around the same time. Yeah. Anyway, um, Imhotep, you are building multiple parts of the. I mean, Imhotep was the master builder of Egypt. I mean, that's what he was known for. He was the guy who built all this stuff. Not to be confused with Imhotep, the bad guy from the mummies. Right, right. That's, that's <laughs> a very different guy. Uh, but Imhotep, same name, actually. Yeah. That Imhotep is also based off historical uh, context, too. Oh, so, really? But they're from di- two different kingdoms. You had the Old Kingdom, and I believe the, the, the mummy Imhotep uh-huh. was from the New Kingdom. Okay, that's that's interesting. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, so... They like to share names. They do. Um, but Imhotep the Builder, that's what this game is built off of. Mm-hmm. This is another Phil Walker Harding, and it, it shows because there's a lot of ways to score points in very different ways. Mm-hmm. But the big thing about it, the big resource you have is what kind of stone you have. Mm-hmm. And you are sending your stone to build these different uh, these different monuments to score in different ways. Take the pyramid, for example. The lower the levels that you're building onto the pyramid, the fewer points it's worth. If you're building the tomb, you're trying to group your pieces together. If you're building the obelisk, you're, you're building one tower. You know, and you're trying to get a taller tower than anybody else because that really makes sense. You know, a bigger obelisk. If you had a smaller ob- obelisk than mine, then you know. I'm, Are you trying to compensate for something? I, apparently, <laughs> right? So I think I'm, like it says my obelisk, right? You know, it's it's you are literally building the pieces. Now, is it as super thematic as some of these? Do you feel like you're like a constructor? Not necessarily. It's a Phil Walker Harding. Let's Honestly, be real. Uh, Let's let's put the elephant in the room on this one as well as walking to Barano. The themes could be anything on the this. The themes <laughs> really could. Yes, they really could. Um, I feel very strongly about that. But what I do like about it is that you are either going to the quarry and getting stone. your stones from it. You're getting three stones regardless of 
how much you have or need. Um, well, there's also like you, a limit, right? Yeah, there's a limit of five. So if I only have spaces for two, I could take that action, but it's just less beneficial. Or you're sending one out to the ship, or you're shipping it to immediately build onto that. Which actually makes a lot of sense, because the one that's closest gets built first, and that's exactly how they would unload giant stones from boats mm-hmm. if they had them. I don't know if that's how they shipped it over there, but regardless, I, I'm not arguing about the science of how that works, because I, mean, I don't think that's how it works. kind of did, but sure. not really. Uh, more right. so, they just used rolling logs in right. Dragnum. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take something from the back of the line and pull it forward because I want that spot. You know yeah, what I mean? exactly. Um, and one of the funnest parts about this game is you can sail any ship you want as one of your actions, Just to screw as long it. as there's enough people there and you choose which spot it goes to. I love that. That's hilarious. Like because it's almost every time it's like I'll put a block down and I'll sail it here. And they're like, no, <laughs> I wanted to build another pyramid. How dare you do that? Like I, I love that yeah. factor of it. That's a very standout moment. Um, honestly, I think this works really well in a lot of different categories on this. I, I want to hear your side. Uh, Walking in Morono, I, I really do enjoy this game a lot. It's it's a simplistic card game in essence. You, you're you building your tableau. I think it's five buildings wide, if I remember correctly. It's been a bit since I played it. Yeah. But it's five building wide. You, you have to build uh, the same colors based on the cards that you have in your hand. So if you're building a yellow house here, you want to keep the yellow house here or else you get penalties. Uh, and then there's also like certain people that will give you bonuses. So like if a policeman goes in there, mm-hmm. uh, he wants like all the cats or something like that. Right. So you are building your buildings. They have to follow mm-hmm. certain sets of rules. Yeah. You have to follow certain sets of patterns. You can't build a roof if you don't have a metal section because that's yeah. how the world works. Right. <laughs> be an odd, unless you're in Red Cathedral Land, and then you just get penalized for doing it. Well, but so. Uh, it's a very simple card game. Um, out of the two, I think Emotep is going to move on just for the simple fact that I think it's just going to win a lot more of the categories. Yes. So, like, I'm thinking off of here. Uh, it doesn't win art. I'll give it that. Yeah, it wins art. Ease of play, better for Emotep. It's yep. much simpler to learn. It's basically Replay you take that. the multiple boards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Walking in Burano has, like, one mini expansion that comes in the box. Mm-hmm. I do like the fact that it comes with a Santa Claus expansion in there. That's kind of nice. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, replay value. Again, Emotep, we talked about yep. that. Meaningful Game choice, choice, Emotep. Emotep. Game, Game immersion, Emotep. Yeah. Art production. Emotep. Other than uh, art. Yeah, that's a clean sweep. Though the graphic design is a little bit better in Walking in Burano because Emotep almost went away <laughs> aspects where it's just monotone colors. Yeah, but the colors don't matter. Exactly. Like yeah. Walking to Bronos is gorgeous and, to look at when it's done. Well, no, actually, the only difference in colors on that is the player stones, which brown, gray, black, and white is fantastic choices. That really is. It doesn't get better than those. I'm letting you people. have this one. Walk away. No, walk no. away. I'm just saying, like, as far as like the colors go, like that, those were really smart choices, and it's, and they do fit the theme too. So that I like it. Imhotep moves on, and our last one. He's just tired of, of me arguing. Apparently, <laughs> your isn't shenanigans. That, isn't that the whole point of this episode? <laughs> I mean, we're supposed to argue, right? Um, men at work versus walking. Uh, no, uh, foundations of Rome. Foundations of Rome. Here we. Go. You'll be starting us off. I know which one should move on. Uh, yep. yep. The one I'm arguing, Foundations of Rome, but Men at Work is 
the one that feels like the most construction game. <laughs> it is literally the most construction game. But the problem is with the construction, it doesn't make sense. You're basically like, I gotta put this little beam on this meeple right here. This is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, no, it gives you a I lot love of... the fact that the, the, one of the things is that one of the construction workers is carrying a whole I-beam. <laughs> I love that idea. So this is going to be a fight in art and production. Yes. I already know that part of it because minute work is really well done. Mm-hmm. But... We always talk about how Foundations of Rome is one of the most overproduced games for how yes. simple it is. I got that game in a trade and haven't tried it yet. Which one? Foundations of Rome or um, Minute Work? Work? Foundations of Rome, real simple. Basically, it's bingo aspect. You're bidding on cards and then you're building out in those sections. So it says, like, see here... Uh, C2 or something like that, and you got to build out in that section, and you got to determine based on the money you have what building you're going to build in that section. Those buildings, once they're built, are also going to give you resources to help you in later bids to build more bigger buildings into your thing. Yep. And so it's again for as heavily produced as this game at its core, it's probably by far one of the simplest games on this list. Mm hmm. And it shocks me. Yes. I mean, it's Emerson Matsuchi. It's, should it be shocking? Right. You look at all his other games, as you mentioned, uh, Spice or, or Century. You mentioned that earlier. Yep. You mentioned or like uh, Specter's Ops, a uh, hidden movement game that can be played in like an hour. Yes, it's ridiculous what this uh, guy has done, and now he's made one of the biggest produced games. It's like what if you get everything, including the newest expansion, it's going to cost you about four hundred dollars or something like that. Yeah, give or take. Give or take. But it's gorgeous. It's right. really well done. You have many paths to getting your victory points, however you want to do it. you got to be smart in how you're bidding for uh, certain things. So everybody's paying attention. Okay, you got that, you got that, and you got that. And you're going to want that C3 because that's going to give you a four square mm-hmm. there, yep. which is going to allow you to put that building there. So it's like, do I want to raise the price on this? Because I really don't need that card. Right. But you do. But you do, yeah. So I love every aspect of this game. In fact, out of the two, I would play Foundations of Rome over Minute Work. I just think it's a better game. However, Minute Work is just plain simple fun. It is. It was designed to be fun. And said it brought up Imhotep. We highly recommend it. Yeah, it's no, one it's, of our highest ranked Phil Walker Harding yeah, games. Yeah, it's really good. And we know we're kind of an expert other than Phil Walker Harding himself. We're kind of experts <laughs> because we sat and played almost every game he's produced. And that he had back. at that time. The, yep. the only one I think we haven't didn't play was that three-player one. Yeah, there was uh, three and a the, There was two three-player ones we didn't play because we didn't have three players. Yeah. But, um, so, Men at Work, I mean, literally, it's construction. I mean, it's... Yeah, it it fits the theme. Game immersion, obviously, that's it, right? That is literally construction. It is and isn't. Because what you're constructing doesn't make any sense. Kind of like floor plan. It doesn't matter what it makes sense. There's a lot of things that have been built over the years that don't make sense. A lot of things. (laughs) I was going to say a joke about it, but I'm, I'm going to be good. Um, there's a lot of things that have been built that don't make a lot of sense. When are you and ever construction, good? That, that, that makes sense. Really, I mean, actually, now that I think about it, Rhino Hero should be on this list, too. Like, on the same reason. But this game, Game Immersion, hands down, like, it's you are literally building. And you have people with hard hats. And you're 
planning out and you're giving weird restrictions on how you have to build it, but you got to build it that way. Okay. At this Art point, Tokyo production. Highway is more of a construction game than right. <laughs> minute work. It, it... <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, technically, yeah. That's fine. Uh, why wasn't Tokyo Highway on this list? Because you're constructing roadways. You're literally constructing roadways and you have to put little cars on it like it's going I think, straight. I feel like this is a, one of those themes that is just overlooked. It's funny. There's 99 games on this list, and we yeah. mentioned, what, four or five that should have been on this yeah. list? Uh-huh. And a couple that shouldn't have been? That's right. And a couple that shouldn't have been. Um, no, but, so, I mean, honestly, game version, I think, just goes to this, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, um, ease of play, it's also, that's not to say, that is honestly, not to say Foundations of Rome is, isn't easy, but I feel like this is easier. Almost always dexterity is really simple. Not totally, but I mean, because you are bidding on the spots and you're choosing which buildings to build, and you have a little bit of engine building. There's, there's well, a little I have to go through easy play real quick. Yeah, simplicity and familiarity the mechanism, putting Dexterity. stuff together yeah. over bidding. Yeah. Yes. However, that bingo looking board aspect of it is going to get more people into. No, the, no, no more people. No, no, not that. That no, 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 the no. buildings are going to get more people into it. <laughs> So likelihood to get to the table. No, when we when we show this off at the shop, and we have anybody who's immediately putting down those colored beams, people are over there taking pictures. You know what's a better dexterity game than this one that I like more? Foundations of Rome. No, no, no. Dexterity. That's not dexterity. Uh, shoot the moon. Uh, uh, catch the moon. Catch yes. the moon. I that one's fun. <laughs> All right, but that's not what we're talking about today. Um, but prone to analysis paralysis again, like that bidding knowing where you're going to do, what building type you're going to build. That's legitimate thought. This tells you what you need to build, and you just build it. Ease of play goes to... Okay, I'll give you goes that. Up. Okay. Replay um, value, on the other hand, that goes to Foundations of Rome. Sure. Yep, I'll give that. Um, meaningful choice. Meaningful choice. Foundations um, of Rome. Yes, Foundations of Rome. But art and production. Uh, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to revert one more at a time in case you weren't sure about the game immersion. The memorable moments... When you cause something to fall, it, you lose one of your safety vi- your safety certificates, but it's the next person's problem to clean up. That's hilarious. Yeah, that is funny. I was, I was giving you game immersion, yeah, so we're I down I just, to to, I just wanted to jump back to it. But art and production, here's why I think Men at Work should move on, honestly. Um, and this is just... I think the buildings on in... Um, and here's why in, you're wrong. In Foundations of Rome are good, but the problem is... The grid board has designated areas for player scale that are that I had no idea were a thing because they are not colorblind friendly at all, and that that was one of my biggest arguments against it. The only reason I didn't enjoy my experience when I first played this game was because I was planning to build outward into an area that I couldn't see I was not allowed to build in. That's what we're talking about. It's for as simple as this game, it's ridiculously priced. They Honestly, like I appreciate the fact that they made a giant version of it. I really wish that they would make a simpler, so, yeah. a smaller version. But, you know, that's their choice. That's fine. I get it. I respect that. But uh, as far as... the, I'll give production, maybe, to... Me, I don't even want to give production to Foundations Rome. I don't want to the, give it to Minute Work. Okay, so pieces and components, we'll call it a wash. 
Art is better at Men at Work. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's not that much art in Men at Work. It's There's sticks no and meeples. In, in Foundations of Rome. There's a grid board that is not colorblind friendly. There's no art in it other than the box. It's pretty. The box is cool. There's no art other than that. The cards are literally just the coordinates. No, well, there's not that much art in Minute Work. You know what? There I'm, is. There I'm is willing though. to call art and production a wash because I don't think either one of us are going to budge, and we'll just go to the poll. No, I, I, the graphic design is what sets it apart because one is colorblind friendly, one is not. One's colorblind. I'm not even going to look at the results because I already know Foundations Row. I'm sure is higher, but I think Minute Work should move on. Look at the votes. Look at Foundations of Rome. Okay. <laughs> so the people agree with me. Fine. Fine. Thank you, people who voted and, and brought in the honesty of it. Men at Work moves on. Honestly, I didn't like Men at Work. It's fine. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell you didn't like it. No, I... I just like what it does, and, and of Honestly, course, why I like Minute it, but... Work is probably at the bottom of the dexterity games I would play. Really? You hated it that I much, did, huh? I don't care much for it. Uh, shoot, uh, Catch the Moon? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Of course, Tumbling Dice. Rhino Hero? Rhino Hero. Sure. Uh, what yeah. is the other that one that we play all the time? Uh, I would play Rampage over... I wouldn't play Tokyo City over this, though. So. I'd play Tokyo, Tokyo City Highway. over... Uh, Tokyo Highway over Men at Work. Uh, I got rid of my like, Tokyo I like Highway Tokyo because Highway. of Men at Work. I don't... Yeah, see, the thing is, I wasn't enamored with it. It's just full of the hilarity. I, I really think that... There's f- more fun dexterity games that have a lot of hilarity. Rhino Hero being one. Sure. Uh, uh, another one... What is but they're I, different enough. You can have both. Nah. I'd rather have Rhino Hero. You know which one I want? I want to get that $100 Jumbo Rhino Hero. Oh, yeah. yeah that'd be <laughs> I want cool. that. That big version? That'd be cool. All right. Going into our uh, semifinals round. Before we do so, go ahead and tell them what, what kind of votes did these games get. All right. The most recent elimination was Foundation Rome. It was sitting at 2%. I was just sitting there like, dude, just... Look at the vote over here. You're fine. No, I was certain that Foundations Row was higher. <laughs> I really was. Uh, it's funny when I put it on there. I, I was. I've been watching the poll since yesterday. I saw that Foundation Room was not getting any votes whatsoever. Actually, you know what? One of the things that I that I do remember that I was going to use as one of my arguments for it mm-hmm. is that the the only difference between the buildings for each of the players is that little colored token that's yep. on top. They should have colored the buildings too. Uh, the next one that was eliminated was Walking in Burano. It had 5% of the vote. Okay. That is followed up as well with Kate May, who also had 5% of the vote. Okay. And finally, the last one that was voted out was Cloud City. It had 1% of the vote. That hurts. Honestly, I don't, well, I mean, I don't think a lot of people played that game. Yeah, Cloud and City. I, yeah, I, yeah, it just, it kind of came and went with Blue Orange. It and really then, did. And Neoville, which looks very, very similar. similar. Yeah. Yeah. It has some similar ideas came at the same time. Yeah, which so. is also a Phil Walker Harding game. It's which is not nearly as good. No, I like Cloud City more than Neoville. Yes. Uh, but I but, do have... Which Neoville was in this list, by the way. It was on yeah, the list. Yeah, yeah, it was on the list. I just didn't want to put it in my uh, honorable mentions because... <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's, as, and, yeah, it good. In all honesty, it's one of the Phil Walker Harding games I'm indifferent to. Yeah. I bought because I'm trying to collect his games. Yeah, I, I need to still get that one. But moving into the second round, who's going first? All right. We have Cathedral, Red Cathedral versus Men at Work. Oh, yeah. I get to and... argue Men at Work. <laughs> going back to what you were saying, 
it is simply construction. You pull a card, it tells you what you have to build. Whether it's two workers and one beam, or one beam on existing workers, or yep. it has to cross, some weird shenanigans aspect of it. Um, it is easier to play than Red Cathedral, because again, it's dexterity. Yep. Compared to this that rondelle. And I will tell you about Red Cathedral, uh, it is not one of the easiest games to teach. It's, it's a simple game. It's dense. But the way the rondelle has to work and how you it determines on how many dice are sitting in one section right. is how many resources you can take per section or some weird conglomeration of it. And then also you can get the bonus over here and then you got to make sure you're using those resources properly because you can only hold so many because you have flags on your board. It's a dense cheat, uh, uh, teach. Yeah. Minute work is much easier to teach. It's basically... Yeah. Actually, we I just had an idea. Uh, for are you maybe, constructing your thoughts? No, ease of play should I think maybe since the simplicity and familiarity of the mechanism and likelihood to get to the table are kind of the same thing. We should change that to: Is it easy to teach? Instead of likelihood of getting to the table? Yeah, not against that. All right, keep going. <laughs> but it, it's much easier to teach than Red Cathedral. Okay. Um, there is not a lot of depth of meaningful choice in this game because again you're beholden to whatever flips up. Yep. But the game immersion uh, is a whole different aspect. Is it fun to lose? Yeah, okay, it is maybe. I'm not a but uh, as I mentioned in the last one, I'm not a huge fan of it, but it is still fun game. Just in the sense that Jenga could be a fun game if you're playing it with the right group. Yeah. Um, but Lupin Louie. No, not that. <laughs> But uh, the player interaction is fun in that game. The, yeah. the memorable moments is fun in that game. Yes. So for me, that's uh, my argument for minute work. All right. Uh, yeah, no, solid argument. So, I mean, Red Cathedral, it's definitely the heavy Euro, uh, medium weight Euro um, of the two. Mm-hmm. You are, these are, as far as actual construction. Construction are two of the best ones. Yeah, they're, they're the top two. Your basic actions are to get your resources right. to build. Right, exactly. No, this, these these two are the two that had the highest theme, mm. for sure. Or, like, or comparison to the theme. Um, I mean, it, Red Cathedral is a really nifty game on how it takes a lot of pretty simple, understood mechanisms. Like, the rondelle isn't difficult to know. You mm-hmm. move pieces in a direction, right? Uh, moving around the clock, whatever. Um, getting the resources, getting those resources to build. But the way it does that sets it apart from all the other Euro games. They, one of the things that Devere does really differently than most other games, uh, or most other companies, is that their Euro games have the standard ideas, but with a very unique catch to how you're approaching that concept. Mm-hmm. And this is what sets that apart from that. Meaningful choice... Um, definitely hits that. Replay value definitely hits mm-hmm. it. Art and production, probably not. Um, but in game immersion, probably not. Which means, I think, actually, Men at Work... Moves on. Bit, moves on based on those criteria. Because the ease of play goes to Men at Work. Yeah. Yep. And that and it's as simple as that. Like, it's a better production. And I think that's one of the biggest problems with Red Cathedral. Because the pieces are actually really nice. Um, and the the cost is, is not prohibitive. Oh. 
But the art makes it so rough. It it does, especially that cover. It just makes it so old. Yeah, it it feels old. But it's funny, as you mentioned this, guess what I saw today on uh, Board Game Geek Store? Which is? Geek Up Bids for Red Cathedral. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I am very tempted. I can't afford that. I just got our state stimulus, so... <laughs> That's right. I know where my money's going. <laughs> Bills. Um, <laughs> to pay for your trip. To pay for the trip I just took. That's right. All the games I bought. So, first round goes to Men at Work. Right. The next round is Santorini versus Emotep. The most ab- abstracted bracket. Oh, by far. <laughs> You'll be leading us off on this argument. Uh, Emotep. Interesting. Okay. What's funny about this, I love both of these games. Yes. One gets played more in this house anyways, or would if I owned it, and it would be Emotep just because two-player games don't get played a lot. Right. But Santorini, oh my god, is this game gorgeous when you're building it up. But again, um, when you're talking about Santorini, it's it's so super abstracted when it comes to the construction when you're playing the game because yep. it's about all about your asymmetric powers yeah. and stopping your opponent from getting to the third level. Mm-hmm. That's and trying to get up to the third level while you're at it too. How you do that and go about it however you want. With Emotep, you are constructing in different sections. You're uh, constructing a pyramid. You're constructing obelisks. You're constructing, um, what is it, the... The burial site, I think is what it... Yeah, the tomb. The tomb, the that's crypt. what it's called. Yeah, the crypt. Yeah. So you, you're doing all this, but you're also having to make smart choices. Mm-hmm. Your your resources are actual stuff they used in the historical context. Yep, the, stones, uh, yeah. the stones. So, wow, this one's weird for me because I'm trying to go through the criteria in my head. Mm-hmm. Both of them are very simple to play. I just think Santorini does it a little better because it's basically build something, move up something. Yeah. Uh, the, the only difference is with those asymmetrical powers. Yep. Uh, they, they can rock your sure. brain a little bit, but not bad. Uh, but, my God, the meaningful choices in Emotep put stone. Do I sell the boat? Do I screw someone over? Do I help myself out? A lot of that stuff, because you are impacting someone else's strategy. Uh, both of them with the game immersion, it's there, but it's not great. Both yep. of them have decent art production. I think one has better than the other. Um, it's your choice, plastic over wood. In all honesty, it's yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think both of these games have a fair shot of moving on. I think both of them are really good. Okay. Um. So I'm arguing for Imhotep Santorini. I thought you were arguing. I pulled Imhotep. Oh, okay. I'm arguing for Santorini. Yes, I mean the between the games, this is the easier of the two. <laughs> Barely. Barely. Um. That's literally just because you move. And you build a piece of a building. That's that's really all it is. So you're going to be climbing up no matter what. Yeah. Um, or down to go somewhere else. Yeah. Well, I mean, you'll climb down. You don't build down, though. No, no. I'm saying you're building up, but you're... Yeah, you, you might climb down, right. And and the movement is real simple. You can only climb up one level. Mm-hmm. You can go down as many levels as you want. Mm-hmm. You can only climb up one level. But you're also kind of like, okay, maybe I'll go set myself up over right. here because exactly. <laughs> you keep capping everything I do over here. Right, exactly. It's like <laughs> yeah. you, you've got to eventually build up to the point where you can build a staircase to get where you need to go, but anybody else can use that. Yeah. And you each have two pieces to, to manipulate that. Now, uh, one thing that we haven't talked about as far as replay value, um, this is technically a two- or three-player game. Santorini? Santorini. Yeah. And again, it's one of those things where it's like, that we haven't brought it up yet because we don't consider it a three-player game. No. 
It's yes, not built to be a three-player game. Yeah. It's just something they added it's, it's, on. Well, it's two to four, right? Yeah. And, and, and the four is just you each take a piece. Yeah, exactly. That's that's not that's a two-player game, and you're just playing yeah, half yeah. of it. Yeah, it's basically what we talk about, like Star Wars Rebellion, where yeah. it's a two-player game, but you can play four players, but one person controls the ground troops while the other yes. person controls the space troops. I don't want to control the ground troops. Most of the battles are in space. Yeah, exactly. And Santorini is the same way. I don't want you moving pieces over here that yeah. I need to do. Right. Yeah, so it, we don't consider it, but we're not going to hold that against it, other than it just won't scale. It doesn't scale well. Time is quick, but... Emotep isn't long. Then again, with Emotep too, they made a whole two-player game because people didn't like Emotep at two players. No, I think they. I think they built that because they they wanted a different experience with two players. I don't think that it was because they didn't like it. I liked it fine with two. I, I didn't like it at two. No. No, it's not enough. They do a decent job of scaling. They do a decent job of, of the, scaling the number of boats. But it could even then with the boats, it, it's not as like right. mean. I guess you can say mean, but it's not super mean. But it's like. Right. I'm going to sell this boat over here. No, I was setting it up to send that boat over there. Yeah. That aspect, it doesn't really have that because I'm like, okay, right. I'm working on that boat. I'll just it doesn't do have that as much of a tension. Yeah. Right. And and they scaled it with that in mind, but you're right. It doesn't quite go. Whereas in Emotep the Duel, where, you actually get But that's that not like a Seven Wonders Duel where it's like there was no two-player. Yeah. Like, like you had to That was a dummy player stuff. thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and that wasn't a thing in Emotep. But, to the point where Seven Wonders, because they made Seven Wonders Duel, they also, in the new printings, it's three and up. Yeah, like three to exactly. seven, I think it's it what is it is. Now, with a two-player variant in it. Um, Puerto Nigra, I have not played. I have not played that one either. Yeah, so maybe. Maybe it would. Um, but apparently, our definition and Board Game Geeks are very different. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so our decision. Imhotep. Um, let's break it down by the category. Which one's easier? Santorini. Santorini. Replay value. Imhotep. Imhotep. Meaningful choice. Let's go back. <laughs> Game immersion. Imhotep. Imhotep. And art production. Century. So let's go back to meaningful choice. <laughs> okay. So All right, art so three. Impacting on other player strategy. Because Santorini is a two-player game. Yes. Mostly, you do have to impact someone else's yes, strategy. That is the only way. Depth of tactics, strategy, or skills. How many turns do you have to think ahead for either of those? You have to think of a few ahead for uh, Santorini. Because you're like, okay, I need to go here. I need to build over here. If I can get my guy there, I can start climbing here. Yes. And I have two choices. You can only cap one of these choices. Okay. But if I can get into that area, I can get myself a chance to win. Yeah. So then that would automatically give it Santorini. Although I do think you can't make an arbitrary choice in Santorini either. Yeah. So, meaningful choice. Santorini means Santorini moves on. That was interesting. Yep. So going into our finals will be Santorini. Two of my Man favorite games going up against one of my favorite games. <laughs> to the point, really uh, I still have to pick up Emotep, but out of the four that were in our final four, mm -hmm. I would own three of them. I don't know you had such a seated of hatred of Men at Work. I don't mind You loathe it right now. I loathe it right now, yes. yeah. Yeah, clearly. I mean, yeah, honestly, it just, it wasn't, you're, it I'm, wasn't I'm worried you're going to come to my house and burn my copy of it just because of how <laughs> There's much There's a reason I've never hate. picked it up. I bet you hope that the designer's family goes through, like, you know, meaningful economic distress There's because of that There's only a few people in my life that I wish ill on, and it's mostly either political or pedophiles. True. <laughs> and the designer... Oh, no. <laughs> the person who made Imhotep, let me tell you, 
All right, so going on into our next round, we have minute work versus oh, no, Santorini. I said Imhotep. I meant. Well, I'm gonna go after Phil Walker Hardy. <laughs> I know, I know. But I the the two that were eliminated, we just lost Imhotep. It had 11 percent of the vote, and our number one vote getter gets upset by minute work. <laughs> it was 23 percent of the vote. Mm-hmm. That's saying how good this game is. 23% of the vote. Not a a big number of voters, but still. Yep. 67 voters at 23%. That's a significant amount compared to the rest of the games. In fact, it's a nine-point difference from our number two. Yep. So moving on, wow. we have the number one, or the five-seed minute work going up against our number two-seed Santorini. I think... It's been a while since we had a low seed make it this high. Yeah, and I think it's still going to put up a good fight. Oh, yeah. So let's look into it. Now, in this final round, you'll notice I'm not going to be flipping a coin, nor will we be pulling from a cup of doom, because in our top eight debates, we take our bias out of this, we break it down by the five criteria, and we decide on this part. Is there any of those five criteria that are immediately obvious to you? I I have one that I, I have feel... one. Actually, I have two, and both of them go to the same game. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll say the one I think right now. I think meaningful choice goes to Santorini. That is one I agree with Santorini. Okay. And and the reason being is because we we've, we've since changed um, one of our criteria now, where it says the depth of strategy, tactic, or skills. They are uh, strategy is a hundred percent in Santorini. Skill is a hundred percent in in. Um, uh, men at work. Mm-hmm. The difference I think makes is the arbitrary choice. And I the feel impacting on other people. And the impacting on other people. Well, what you do does impact other people's future turns mm-hmm. to an extent. But I feel like if you're like, well, if you have already, if you're down to one um, safety vi- or safety certificate, and everyone else's as well, except for me, and I'm at three. I can play a lot more Lucy than I normally would, mm-hmm. which I feel in a way is an arbitrary choice. Do you well, agree with that? That my I, I kind of agree, logic? but my yeah. with my arbitrary choice aspect of that is because you don't get to determine how you play the game because it's based on how the game tells you what you have to put out there. Well, you have to put, but you have a lot of you know you have a lot of consideration of how you're placing it based on what's been previously placed. What I'm saying though is that I can be a lot more loosey goosey. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I have plenty of certificates. I'm just gonna drop it right here in the middle. And because you could do that, it's yeah. like if I knock something over, whatever, I'm it's still ahead of turn. you. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Well, yeah. I, I don't disagree way, with I that like aspect, but I'm saying, like, when it comes to arbitrary choices, you're determined by how the game tells you to do the thing. Right. But Santorini, you can't really make arbitrary choices. You have right. to be smart and tactical how you play your game. Yeah. You have. There is no random in that yeah. whatsoever. Okay. And so for me, that's where I say, like, the arbitrary choice is more so in minute work. Okay. Because the game is making the choice for you. You just have to be tactical how you do it. I agree. Meaningful choice. And the other one, yep, I already marked it down. And the other one I'm thinking is replay value. Okay. Both are fairly quick games. Both scale okay, not really so much on the other thing. I just think there's more uh, number of plays for the full experience when it comes to Santorini, because there's that pantheon of gods that you're using. Right. As well as uh, expandability. I don't think either one of those have... um, Expansions, but I know there is like 
extra games in Santorini Land. I don't know how they cross over and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, I don't believe that there's anything at Meta Work. There's, there's probably like some promos and stuff. Yeah. Um, I do know that the extra games in the Santorini don't cross over. Okay. Like they're, they're not compatible with one another, so it's not. Yeah. Not something that can be considered an expansion. But just because. Uh, but you're that, right. There are there are more in the line. Yeah, and, and then uh, there's the the pantheon but itself. The the length of time is scaling well. It does. You can't scale Santorini. You no, really, granted. You, you can. It says so. It's a variant in the box, but it's a two-player game. Right. It's a two-player game. Realistically. But, but both time frame, uh, I, Santorini is a bit shorter game. It is a bit shorter. Um, now, but there is also the deck of cards, the, the construction cards. Use the back of, of one card and the top of another card. Mm-hmm. And that adds, you know, yeah. unsurmountable variability, but it is ultimately the same idea. Yeah, it's the same idea. With the Pantheon, uh, they each give you a different type of power. That's what right. the, the difference is that. Okay. So that's for me why I think Santorini wins okay. play value. That's fine by me. I Game immersion, I would say that goes to Men at Work. Yeah, I agree. 100%. I mean, I we've already told you our reasons for that. Ease of play, I think, goes to Men at Work. Yeah, dexterity, just much easier than... Yeah, it literally tells you what you do. Abstract strategy, in a sense. Because that's basically... Santorini is a pretty abstract strategy. That's the best way to describe it. And here's the thing. like If we use that teach idea later on, I literally, when I play that game, I flip over the card, I literally just read what it says. Mm -hmm. Place one beam, one purple beam, on a black one. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Like, the... You teach it as you play, and that's unlike Santorini. So now that leaves us with art and production, which this is a really tough one. Okay. Both of them have fantastic pieces. Fantastic the art, art is way better in Santorini. That Pantheon artwork. I really think the art. I I love I, I love the art in both. I really do. Okay. But I feel that they're equal, because. I I do. I feel they're equal. And I know this is subjective, but I I don't think that one is better than the other. I really look don't. Both of these games, real quick on the art, we're going to look at those cards side by side. Okay, that's fine. But uh, pieces and components. Again, I think that's <laughs> it's a watch. plastic versus wood. Yeah, well, I mean, there's plastic in men at work as well. Yeah, not as much. It's more wood pieces than anything. Mm-hmm. I know, but there is plastic. All right, and graphic design. Again, they're both very good at what they're doing. Like, I mean, they're both, they both don't need graphic design. I love that cover, though. That is a nice cover. I, I think they're equal. I mean, I really like both. Where is the cards? Okay. Oh, I'm probably going to have to expand this. I'm going to cover the chat real quick. Man, look at that board, though. <laughs> <laughs> the board is great. Trying to find, is this this? Is that a nice picture of them? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. They're all very specific stylized. That's like kind of the same almost chibi cartoony style art. I mean, yes, that's that's flatter as far as the cover goes. I'm not even seeing any art in here. Like, just the components, really. Right. The components. But if, if you go into one of the pictures, I'm sure it'll show the cards. Like, eventually. Yeah, so I don't know about I mean, this one. Just because there's more art doesn't mean it's necessarily better. Well, I know. I'm just right. trying to find the art. Right. Not that one. This one. I wish I had the... 
See, look at... No, that's the rule. Uh, that's, that's, that's the rule. That's the rule. Yeah, don't, don't, no, no, hold on. Don't, don't be like the judge. There's no art pictures on here. It's just the pieces of components. I don't know why it doesn't have the cards. Like, well, I mean, because the central point... There it was. Right there. So, the iconography, it tells you the grid, colors they are. It's like an actual construction sign. All right, correct. It's iconography. You're in here with us real quick. I'm going to do something really quick here. Let's do... I think it's this one. Nope. No. Oh, wait, Fair no, on. I have to turn this one on and turn this one off. There we go. I'm going to move right. this over here. Put that down there. Uh, let's go there. All right, this is the men at work art. Okay. Yes, that's part of it. Show them the cover. All right, I'll show them the, the cover. Because the cover is part of the art. Right there. There's the art. Yes. Not bad. Look at them. Like they're they're stumbling around. There's the central piece. These are the Santorini cards. And since you want to show the cover. And so uh, our, our viewers, our listeners at home, we're actually showing the art side by side because we're not moving on that. And then there's the cover. Okay. So let's move back over here. While, while, while we're, we're looking at that, okay. If if we're at pieces and, and components, components, that one's tough. Minute work. Minute work. I, I, just I, barely. <laughs> just barely. Just yeah. because of the different colored beams, the yeah, they're very clear. They're very uh, the painted friendly. meeples in a sense. Um, yep, yep. The screen, silk screen meeples. Okay, graphic design. Both have cards with text on them. Both are very clear what they're doing. Yeah. That that one is more. That one is just more. That one I I agree is a push because yeah, I don't think there's the graphic design really has not right. a lot of effect on the game. Right, it really doesn't. <laughs> it's it more effectively just works really well. I will say, not not that it matters that much because it doesn't matter against Santorini. But I do like again going back to like Imhotep, the beam colors. You have black, white, orange, and purple. Those are really good choices. All right, we're not going to budge on this, so I'm going to call it a wash. This way we can get this. All right, fair enough. And we're going to go to the fan vote because it's 2-2. Two, two. All right. And as of right now, Minute Work is sitting at 5% of the vote, and Santorini is sitting at 14% of the vote. All right, so that means our winner today is Santorini. And so for our listeners at home, if you want to see this, you can go watch it on demand just to see the side-by-side, -side, uh -huh. or on our YouTube channel when it uploads there. Tell us your thoughts in the comments if you agree or disagree. But then again, Santorini, I, I'm okay yeah. with that one winning. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the least constructive one of them. Out of everything. It's the most abstract out of all of them, <laughs> yeah, which, is... I mean, by nature it is. But you are literally constructing the levels of Santorini. Okay. Out of our eight, now that we've no. done all this, which uh -huh. one was your one you think was the best? I know you were pushing hard the, for minute The work. best game. No, no. I, I mean, I just feel like it it embellishes literally this theme the best, and it does a good job. But my favorite game out of all of these is probably Imhotep. I believe my favorite out of all of these is Red Cathedral. Yeah. I, I really do I like that, that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Imhotep is up there. Red Cathedral is up there, too. But, um... Foundations of Rome is actually probably my next one, then Santorini. I do like Foundations of Rome. Actually, no. Before Santorini would be Cloud City, then Santorini, Walking in Brano, then Cape May. All right, what's your least favorite game on this list? Cape May. Cape May, huh? Yeah. 
Mm, it was fine. You know what my least favorite game on this list is? Hmm. Cloud City. Really? Wow. I like the game, but I actually like Minute Work more than Cloud City because it's yeah. doing what it needs to do. I just don't care much for it. Sure. Cloud City just drives me insane because of the graphics. The color, yeah. That's fair. Maybe we should just sharpie it and make a, a wash on it. <laughs> yeah. Something. Or they just need to reprint it to be more colorblind friendly. Yeah. That's what they need to do. Yeah. But that being said, we're done with this episode. Yeah, this was a fun one. We want to thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if you ever want to join us on one of our live episodes uh, and join in on the conversation, you can watch one of us, uh, watch our filming on twitch.tv slash twitch.tv slash everyday board games. Yeah, you lost uh, what you're doing, huh? Yep, a little bit. As well as all video re-uploads are found on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do, there are three things you could do to help us grow on that platform. Subscribe if you're not, like the video, and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean. And if you ever want to reach out to us directly, you can email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com, whether it's to say hi, enter in a future contest, or even give us ideas for future episodes. And speaking of future contests, keep an eye out or an ear out for one that's coming up soon. Very cool. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.